You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. still waiting for the season but we're still doing the podcast my name is oz davis i'm the co-host for the show joining me as always is my co-host joe pritchard joe how are things for you this week it's hot (laughs) and i can't drown my sorrows uh, at the end of a long work week with cfl uh i can do it with cold beer but it's just not quite the same yeah yeah, well, the, the way that I look at it is this. At least I'm not losing money at the sports book, and at least I'm not being humiliated in Pick'em. <laughs> Joining us this week will be a man who is somehow also keeping himself busy with no CFL of the CFL Horseman podcast. It is Ryan Ballantine. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me, gents. I appreciate the, uh, the comeback. It's been a while, I think, since... Uh, since I graced the airwaves with you guys. So uh, it's good to kind of be back in the saddle again. It seems like forever, but almost everything these days seems like forever. (laughs) As certain parts of North America continue to live in a purgatorial state. Well, I'll ask you what's becoming a a traditional question here on the Rouge, White, and Blue, Ryan. What have you been doing to occupy your non-CFL-related time now? Uh, Well, uh, fortunately, um, I've still been able to work. Um, so, uh, I've been working full time. Um, I've been finding kind of online games to play, um, you know, like miniature versions of big brother and miniature versions of survivor and kind of those social games where it just goes crazy for a little while. And you, uh, you get to play, uh, play around and, and kind of create a character or be yourself and, just kind of play all these text games, which really kind of keeps me busy because you have oh. to maintain those things all day long right. and maintain the relationships and keep going with it. And uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good time. So, so it's a text-based game. Yeah. Huh. Wow. That's old school. So yeah, there's, there's one, it's like a forum. Um, well, they're all like text as in like, you know, you're playing on Facebook messenger or you're playing on Twitter or you're playing online on a forum where you're not really, um, you know, you're not really who you are. You're just the character you've yeah, created for the, the moment. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, it's a good time. Um, I'm having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Great. Wow. <laughs> Sounds almost as crazy as tabletop football, <laughs> which we'll be talking about a bit later on in the show. Um, I guess we should talk about the one, um, CFL story that came out this week. Funny, funnily enough, this is about two days after the story broke, and today is July the second. We'll probably release this podcast on July the third. Happy July fourth to all our American listeners, by the way. And okay, so more or less, the short of the story, if you haven't heard it already, Christian Jones, <laughs> almost a year to the day after he signed, uh, or after he got an extension with the Edmonton Eskimos uh, tweeted something stupid. Imagine that this, this is a very rare occurrence in 2020. 
and was immediately cut by the team with a very terse official statement. Uh, I'm not sure where to go from here. I would like to say that it's hard to, you know, I, 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 of course, all of this has been wiped from, it's gone down the memory hole already. So I can't really quote it here, but what was wild to me about it is he ends up the thing with a homophobic kind of statement uh, with just saying, it's like, dude, you don't do just saying on Twitter, on Facebook. That's toxic. That's dangerous. What are you doing? My good man with no common sense. Now, Ryan, I understand on your latest show, which I'm sorry, I was delinquent and have not listened to. That you That's kind okay, because I haven't posted it yet. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I would have, I would have had to have. I recorded it Monday night. I haven't had a chance to upload it yet. Okay. All right. I have not had enough free time during quarantine to invent the time machine. So, okay. I have a good excuse. In yes. any case, Ryan, um, well, why don't you give us in brief sort of your hot take on the issue? Well, I don't think, I mean, I really don't think it's that hard a hot take. At the end of the day, don't be a homophobe. And you'll get to keep your job in professional sports. Like, is it really all that difficult to not tweet out that you hate gay people? Really? Like, oh, well, I'm just saying a man shouldn't be able to sleep with another man and a woman shouldn't be able to sleep with another woman. Why the hell not? Like, what? you don't have to watch. You don't have to be there. You don't have to be a part of it. So what does it matter what they're doing in their bedroom? I mean, really, just leave it alone. And for me, the worst part is the guy's got a Bible verse in his Twitter bio. And so yet again, we've got another guy who wants to justify hating people because he read a book from thousands of years ago that's been misinterpreted and reinterpreted several hundreds of times in the last 2,000 years. And meanwhile, he's sitting in a Colin Pot, uh, uh, cotton poly blend at a Red Lobster on a Friday in defiance of his own God, according to the exact same book. So you either believe in everything the Bible says or you don't. And it's one or the other. And you can't, for me, and feel free to just search Bible slavery on Google. I won't read the passage to you, but feel free to search it. It's really difficult for me for a guy to be tweeting Black Lives Matter and then trying to marginalize and oppress another marginalized and oppressed group within society and use the Bible to do it. Because the Bible justifies slavery and tells you in the same books that says you can't be a homosexual, that you can own slaves and it's okay. So it's like six pages apart. So which six pages do you value? Which six pages are okay? If you're going to say that the Bible says, well, then the Bible says a lot of things. Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. It's like pick, it, pick and choose your morality, right? Do you want to go with the 4,000-year-old yeah. morality or the 2,000-year-old morality? Right. Right. Uh, more or less. And and I kind of like the 2,000-year-old one. Uh, the guy that was talking that stuff, he was a bit more peaceful, a bit more – open-minded, a bit more humble than uh, some of that older stuff. Joe, what was your take on the whole thing? You know, as, as an American, how embarrassed do we have to be yet again? Just the way our country is these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it, it really to not put too fine a point on it. I just find that the people that scream about freedom the loudest are the ones that are least able to allow somebody else to live their lives the way they want to. Well, again, it's a question. It seems to be a question of what do I like? It's as though, you know, morality and the law and, and history is this smorgasbord, right? And you just pick what you like, and then that is the truth. But, you know, that is just not the case. Um, what amazes me actually about that, especially when you're online on Twitter right now, is the American flag used to mean something. You know, you used to look at it and it, it stood for something. And right now, if I see an American flag in your Twitter bio or your handle, I'm going to just assume you're an idiot because those wow. are the people putting them in there. Those are the people who are saying, America, America. You know, it's it's because rational, reasonable, you know, people who don't think that everybody needs to conform to the only way they believe the world should be aren't the ones posting American flags in their bio. It's, it's almost exactly, it's, it's just a, an emoji that looks like, oh, okay, well, I know that this person's opinion, if I scroll through the rest of their tweets, is going to be garbage. <laughs> All right, well, let, let me uh, play a little devil's advocate, Ryan. Now, coming from the grandiose U.S. empire, as I do, I, I really have no right to call balls and strikes on another country's, you know, history and whatnot. However, what I've been noticing is that, at least from my friends in other English-speaking countries, is that as this kind of stuff has been going on, some of those countries are facing up to their histories as well. Um, you know, some friends of mine in Australia, um, some folks in Britain, not necessarily the Englishmen, but um, Scottish folks and Irish folks and people like that are really taking a hard look at their history. Is there any – do you feel any recognition there in Canada about – you know, let's, let's, let's be diplomatic and say the troubled history with indigenous folks up there? Uh, it's certainly a um – the Canadian government, successive Canadian governments have apologized uh, for the horrors of residential schools. Um, they have uh, put out, um, you know, but it is still a troubled history, much like uh, the, the, you know, the statistics for black people in America. Um, indigenous people are statistically overrepresented in the prison population. Statistically, they get longer sentences than white people of their same um, of their same uh, uh, kind of crime and, and similar circumstance. So there is an issue with systemic racism in Canada. And I, nobody's denying that, um, but for, I guess, one Quebec MP recently, and uh, for however, however you follow, however closely you follow the Canadian news, um, there was a, uh, a, a furor recently in the Canadian Parliament because somebody said they wanted to adopt a unanimous motion that the RCMP has an issue with systemic racism. And so as a result, they should investigate it. And wow. a, an MP from Quebec uh, said no. He, he said, no, I don't support this. It's not a unanimous motion. Um, and so, 
he re- chose not to support it. Um, as such, uh, you know, effectively, the leader of the opposition, right in Parliament, called him a racist. Um, and so uh, that went further than that went in, and, and he was removed from Parliament for doing so. Um, and, wow. uh, no and censured. And he said, uh, the next day he said, I stand by it and I won't, I don't change that. Wow. Um, so it was, it was very interesting, uh, to me to see that happen. Mm. Mm. So oh, Canadian politics and nearly as crazy as American politics. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> he got kicked out for calling the guy a racist. He was removed right. from parliament. And, right. and he said, it, we're kicking out the guy, we're kicking out the guy who identified somebody as a racist rather than kicking out the racist. Um, and so it led to a couple of hard conversations around the, um, around the country about the propriety within there. So, um, yeah. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Okay, let's uh, get a little bit closer to the subject of the CFL. Now, of course, we still, sure. have, we still have not heard about when we might see some training camps, some preseason, some games uh, in the CFL, what they're going to do about Americans, what they're going to do about players who opt not to play. However, leagues like the MLB just started, uh, I guess, what, summer training, or it's very soon they're going to start. I don't know what they're calling it, summer camp. I don't know what they're calling it. And, of course, the NBA is pressing forward. And as far as I'm concerned, the NFL is going to start on time. Uh, We haven't, like, really heard anything deviating from that. But we haven't heard anything, you know, affirming that either. So let's talk about MLB and NBA a little bit. Now, Joe, you're a pretty big MLB fan yourself. What do you make of this? Is are, are they going to be able to pull off the sixty-game schedule plus playoffs um, without I, I, shutting down? I think they lost their minds. <laughs> they have absolutely <laughs> lost their minds. They think they're going to be able to okay. get through a That's season how you really feel. <laughs> through all this. We're going to see teams get hit with this hard. Players are already reporting to reporting to camps and they're finding out that some of them are, are already infected. How that's not going to sweep through a locker room is beyond me. They can talk all they want about social distancing. That's not going to happen in that environment. Uh, they can try their best. It just won't. What's going to happen 20 games into the season and a whole team is wiped out. What are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. Good point. Um, I, I, same thing. Same thing for you. Yeah, I think I think this. The you're right. I think it's insanity to think you can do a 60 game schedule. Are they hubbing it? Are they Are they doing it nope. in one spot? Well, <laughs> actually, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm not. A, I de- well, see, I'm not 100 percent sure because they're doing the training, the warm ups, and whatnot in town, in their hometowns. Right. Well, I know right. Toronto was doing spring training in uh, Florida, and right. they have asked permission to go back to Toronto because of right. how many yeah. cases there are in Florida. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's what they were saying is that like, oh, the situation in Florida and Arizona is unpredictable, quote unquote. And so that's yeah. what they're no, saying. It's, it would, and, and it would be it's better actually these highly predictable. These guys just do it they home can say anything they want about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 
Um, how how big is this in Canada, Ryan? And and how how much coverage is stuff like the Raptors and the Blue Jays getting right now? Um, well, I mean, not not much in the way for the Raptors. Uh, they're not really. Um, they're not really jumping in as much as some others are um, into the news. And as far as the Jays goes, really all it has been has been just um, uh, is just, frankly, the Jays are hoping to come back and they're asking the government for permission to come back because they don't want to train in Florida. Um, there's really sports, you know, sports at the moment doesn't hit the news almost at all. You have to really go searching for it. Um, and I think half the reason for that is because a lot of media companies have reassigned their sports guys to cover COVID and, and everything else. So nobody's really covering sports from that perspective. So you see guys, you know, on a completely different beat than they normally would be because there's no actual live sports to talk about. So and everybody's, get, everybody's beat is their living room map. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> essentially. And so what you're getting is these, um, uh, what you're getting is, is these just kind of crazy, um, you know, you'll get like Winnipeg's a hub city for the CFL, which I believe came out today as per Rod Peterson and uh, on three down nation. Oh, yeah. um, they said that Winnipeg was selected as the hub city for the CFL, um, which I mean, kind of sucks. Honestly, but uh, um, okay. Well, not I, only I, I, only because as a stampede as a Stampeders fan, right. um, I want to be able to go to games, and now I'll only be able to go to the Great Cup. That's the only game I'm going to go to because they said they were going to put the host of they were going to put the Great Cup in the in the home of the team with the best record. So we know that that's going to be um, you know we know that that's going to be Calgary. So at that point. Um, you know, we'll get a great cup game. It'll be the first game of the season. So it'll be kind of weird to end up at the great cup and have it be the first, uh, the first one we see, but you know, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, how do you feel about Winnipeg as hub? Well, uh, same, really the same thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't see how they're going to actually make it fly, especially, if they're not going to put fans in the stands financially, it's going to be dicey at best. I think we've discussed that at length at this point. Uh, I've got, it okay. was nice. It was nice to see that they pick Winnipeg because Winnipeg's doing so well with the virus, but is that going to hurt them now? I, I'd almost rather than not be the hub city. I'd almost rather than not pick one at all and just they come out and say, we can't make this happen. <laughs> I when when you put that many people from outside, you're going to destroy. You're going to potentially destroy what they worked so hard to build over the past few months. Mm -hmm. Now you've been optimistic many times on the show before, but you've been pessimistic about this before. You got odds on uh, the possibility that this season's going to go off at all, Joe? I just I don't see how. Okay, Ryan, what you got odds on this? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go 30, 30, 70. Um, wow. I'm going to go 30, 70, uh, against. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that would be my, that would be my number. I would, I would say, uh, that 70% it doesn't happen. Um, 30% it does. 
Um, the idea that they announced the hub city does make a difference. Um, I think it, it gives me a little more confidence that it was going to happen because it's, it's indicating that there is a plan. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, right. Whereas, whereas normally uh, what we've had happen so far is just that there is no plan. Right. And, and so the idea that they've announced this gives some step forward that they're, that they're considering it now. I mean, what it, what it does, you know, I, I just, I mean, I think they're better off calling it a day and wrapping it for 2021. I just don't know what you do. If you do that, does every player's contract extend a year because they were under contract for playing seasons because there has been, um, there has been historical precedent for that where guys broke a contract and said, I'm not reporting because I want to be released to go to the NFL. I think it was Chris Williams back in the day. And when he came back, the league said, no, you still owe this team a year under your old contract and you have to go back and fulfill that contract. So is the league going to say you guys didn't play in 2020. So we're moving all your contracts forward a year. Would the, uh, would the um, uh, would the league allow that? Would the would the CFLPA allow that? And if not, do they trigger the language in the collective bargaining agreement that says if at any point there's no season, it's free agency and every contract is void and every team starts over and the C- and the uh, and the collective bargaining agreement is null and void because yes. there would be no season. I would totally do that because you know what? This is a golden opportunity to do something that everybody talks about all the time, but has never been done. A fantasy draft. (laughs) (laughs) Protect five players, you know, so Calgary gets to keep Bo Levy Mitchell, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You keep your quarterback if you like him, whatever. You pick your five best players. Everybody else goes into a pool. That would be how many people would watch that? Everybody would be watching that. That would be incredible. Like the stories you could get out of that, the 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 the, the predictions before. Oh, it'd be amazing! It'd be amazing. Um, I think it's about zero percent that the CFL goes off. However, I'm going to say it's about a hundred percent that the NFL kicks off at least. But I also think it's about ten percent that the NFL gets through the season next season. I think they're going to start it and cancel it. Is my own. Now, I do think I do think, and I don't know if you guys saw um, my one post on three down about it. But I do think what you want to do is um, uh, what you want to do is um, set the season and have a draft, but you want the draft to be who's playing who at home or who's the home team against which team. Huh? Wow. Wow. Neat. So then you can say, you know, and have that draft. Now, I understand it's going to be in a hub, so that's going to be different. Right. But I think if you're going to be in that, um, if you're going to be in that situation, you should have a draft and go in the same order as the CFL draft was. Mm-hmm. And you get to pick which game you're the home team for and which game you're not the home team for. Wow. Um, and, and have that be drafted out so that that way you can get that home field advantage, at least from a rule standpoint, mm-hmm. right. um, 
you can get your home field advantage and have that be a draft. Okay, well, we're going to play the Eskimos as the home team, and then the Eskimos can't play you as the home team because you've already got it. Because at most, we're going to get an eight-game season. At most, we're going to get every team plays each other once. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So see, at that see, point, everybody wants a tournament drafting. like this. And, and I've heard that the and some of the guys in the NBA were talking about this for possibilities of how to do the playoffs this year in the NBA. Right. But I don't the trash talking possibilities are endless, but I don't know. I don't know if the, if it's ever going to happen. It would be a thing of glory, to be sure. I, I, I just wanted to float an idea by you guys, because I've been thinking about this lately. I think that there's one industry that's really been dropping the ball on this whole lack of sports thing or this whole like we're going to have to play sports in front of an empty stadium kind of thing. And that is the virtual reality people. Right. I mean, wouldn't it make sense for them to like distribute really cheaply or even for free? like a whole bunch of VR headsets, right? Even to like season ticket holders. And then, you know, invest some money into the NBA, NFL, whatever they're going to cover. And then just, you know, plant a bunch of cameras around. And then you could have a virtual reality experience of the game without having to go. (laughs) You know, I mean, if you made it interactive, you could even have sound feedback and stuff. So if you cheered at home, you could hear it in the collective 30,000, you know, chat group, whatever they would call it in virtual reality. Right? I mean, aren't they dropping the ball here? Does anybody uh, know a virtual reality salesman? I mean, can you hook I, me up? I don't, I don't know any VR salesman, um, <laughs> but I do think. I did. I mean, that's an, it's certainly an interesting concept. I know I was on a phone call with Paul Levi Mitchell recently, um, and he said the thing that is going to frustrate him about the whole process is he said, when I'm getting tackled or getting hit, I rely on the crowd noise to know if it's a completion, an incompletion, or an interception. And so I know from when I'm getting up whether I have to run to the line of scrimmage, whether I have to. He said not having fans in the building means that he won't be able to do that anymore. Wow. Um, So it was kind of a, it was a really kind of interesting thing I hadn't seen um, before and, and seen from a mentality standpoint of, of how important the crowd is. It's not just about the snap count. It's not just about shouting through a timeout, but there's also other things that they can figure out as a result of the game. Right. Right. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be wild for stuff uh, played on a smaller field like like, you know, because you're going to be able to hear the coaches, (laughs) you know, every player is going to be able to hear the coaches. They're going to be in in, in theory, they could be calling out signals like they do in football. So, you know, you wonder if they'll adapt to this. It it should be very interesting. Uh, Joe, I think there might be a lot more silent count as well. Yeah. 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 A lot more silent count because you don't need to you don't need to worry about the fans. You can just go out there and time it. Wow. Okay, guys, we're going on we're going on five, we're going on four, you know, um, that kind of thing. Yeah, you just have your rhythm because and then it's not thrown off by any extant noise. Wow, very interesting. Very interesting. Okay, Joe, yay or nay on virtual reality and do you have some money to invest? That sounds great, but I don't have that kind of cash. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Let's go on to one last thing. Um, of course, we've been talking on this show about the league that Joe Pritchard and five other CFL diehards are participating in. The cold snap. Uh, let's see. Let, let me get this right. The cold snap dream Canadian football league starring six. Well, five classic CFL teams and the Sacramento gold miners <laughs> competing in tabletop football. Joe, you want to give us the rundown of week three action? Sure. So week three, uh, I have to re- go back a little bit because we're most of the way through week four. But week oh, three, well, give us week four then. Give us week well, four. They can see week week three on your website right now. That's coldsnap.cfl-network.ca. Yeah, Go, Joe. Tell us about week four. Deal, I can read about week three. The big deal on week three was that Sacramento took out Baltimore on the final, on, on the right. final play. So the Baltimore Stallions from 1995 are 0-3 in our league so far. Mm. Often said to be one of the top five or six greatest teams in CFL history. Not playing out that way on our tabletop. Nope. Uh, week four <laughs> did show that uh, the 81 Eskimos uh, still have a lot of fight in them. Classic game against the 19 Bombers. Uh, Edmonton wins 39-32 in a back-and-forth uh, crazy game. It's one of those that you wish you could you could show everybody on TSN. It was that good. <laughs> Even with me coming out on the losing end of that, it was that good. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, uh, so the Winnipeg streak is over. The Winnipeg streak and... is over. Uh, there are two Edmonton teams and Winnipeg tied at three and one now because the 03 Eskimos won as well. And we're just waiting on, uh, I believe, gosh, I'm trying to remember who. Uh, Tor- Toronto and Sacramento have to finish up. So that's wow. where we're at now. Uh, I think Baltimore wow. lost this week as well. So they are 0 4. Now this is a ten week season, so you're forty percent done. So 40% so done. these top these top three teams are separating themselves. Okay, I'm going to go to Ryan in just a minute because I understand he has a beef with you, Joe. But uh, Joe, I wanted to ask you this: which of the coaches in this league has impressed you the most as a cold snap slash tabletop football veteran? Which has impressed you the most with their actual knowledge of the game or their adaptation of the game? Uh, everybody's really coming through, considering that it was me that had been playing for a decade. Superfan Mike with the 81 Eskimos has played for about a year and a, and a few games here and there. Everybody else coming in fresh. It, it's just astounding that we're as far as we are with the knowledge of the game. Yeah, sure, I'll take a question every so often from the guys with something that's a little bit odd. or uh, It's really hard in tabletop football to translate everything into something that's clear and concise sometimes. But I can just go, hey, these guys are playing. Great. They're going to get it done. Mm-hmm. It's It's been remarkable to see four guys that have never seen this before, or I think Andrew may have seen it once with Mike, just take to it as well as they have. Now, yeah. now the four guys who had never played cold snap, they had never played tabletop. Uh, I think Greg and Bolt with Baltimore had played some sort of tabletop at some point. Okay. Okay. Um and, like I, and, Doug, like and Doug with Toronto has played uh, a lot of board games and played his Blood Bowl and things like that, too. Oh, oh. So picking up uh, some of the nuances may may take a little time, but the idea that he can follow the rules is right there from the get-go. Right, right. 
Okay, great. Well, uh, some of us are already looking forward to season two. Uh, I'm going to try my hardest to adapt this game for the visually impaired and join this league. But um, Ryan, he has a problem here. Ryan, what's the problem with the Colt Snap Dream CFL League? Well, see, here's the problem. Uh, They put out into the world that they were doing this. Joe was like, hey, I'd like to be the commissioner of this league and it's everything that's going on and here's all the stuff. And I was like, yeah, totally. I'd totally be involved. And I posted that from the the, uh, Horseman uh, site. Um, And uh, and then we just never heard back and Calgary wasn't included. So I think it was just maybe because we were too good. Um, And uh, and so they didn't want Calgary involved in being so good. Uh, And so as a result, um, you know, I I guess the the also rands of the CFL world decided that they wanted to put together a league where the Stampeders might not win something for a change. Oh, nice. Uh, And and so that's what they did. So maybe in season two, they'll realize that it was a, a terrible mistake to uh, to not involve a Calgary podcast, and we'll get back into it. A Calgary podcast. Well, oh, okay, uh, so. so that's that. Either that's the explanation, or the commissioner just completely overlooked uh, the uh, the message saying they wanted in. Which, and either of those are actually probably uh, both of them are probably actually pretty true. <laughs> <laughs> I I think both both answers are valid. Both answers um, are completely valid. The commissioner, yes, the commissioner, the commissioner has had a just few one tweet. So far. <laughs> I want in. Because any kind of fantasy football is something I want to do. I'm currently trying to trade Demario Davis right now in an NFL league. <laughs> Just three and a half million is too expensive for the guy. I got a nice. salary cap to maintain. I was I was playing with the idea, Ryan, before this league started of taking up one of the Calgary Doug Flutie teams. Uh, if, if you did play in this league, what team would you play? Would you play one of the recent ones? Or, or one of the, you know, 90s teams? Uh, that's a very interesting question because the 90s teams were played with inconsistency towards the end. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of thought when you, when you look back as a Stampeders fan, um, there's a lot of love for the Stampeders from the 90s. But when you look at, when you look at right now, Bo Levi Mitchell has won the most great yeah. cups. Yeah. of any Stampeder quarterback. The most great cups, not just the most games or whatever. He's won more great cups than any other Stampeder quarterback in history because during the 90s when the Stampeders were winning those great cups, they were winning them with different quarterbacks every time. You won one with, uh, we won one um, with Doug Flutie, then we won another with Jeff Garcia, then there was another, then there were, like, those cups all came with right. different quarterbacks at the helm. So, as a result... Um, I, I think I might take one of the more recent teams, uh, in the, in the Huffnagel era. Um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe the 2015 team because the whole D line doesn't get injured, um, you know, in, in playoffs, uh, you imagine that they're going to be there, um, maybe a different, you know, maybe a different, uh, a team, but I, I mean, if I'm picking a Stampeders team, I'd probably pick one of the more recent ones because I think it would be fun to tweet at a guy that he dropped a ball um, in my <laughs> favorite cold snap league. 
And so now I'm really upset with him or give credit to a, an interception or something like, I think it would be fun to Dude. tweet that as the players know who I am generally. So I think they would get a kick out of seeing me do that. Except the only problem is that this isn't the eighties or the nineties. And these guys don't know what the hell tabletop is. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. But I think it would be funny. I mean, I talked to, when I did interviews, um, we did a, a fantasy league um, with CFL podcasters for a while. Uh, and one of the things I like, I went in and I talked to guys in the oh, locker room league, right? about where we should draft them. Yeah. Like I, I was like, you know, I did make you a second round pick. So I'm expecting a lot out of you this season. What can I expect? What's your expectation of how many points you're going to get me? And I would talk to them in a weekly interview about, what they had done for my fantasy team. So I think, you know, it's, there's fun to be had there. Um, and I think, you know, putting a picture of cold snap in and saying, I'm playing as you right now. And you just got me a touchdown to win the game. Or you just, you know, can't believe you dropped that pass in the end zone because I rolled a two, like whatever it is. Right? <laughs> I don't even know how the game works because nice. Joe didn't let me in. Um, but, you know, like those kind of things, I think it would be fun to interact with the guys. I think it might be a good time. That's hilarious. Okay. Okay. You've inspired me. So I guess I guess even if you take a recent Stamps team, I'll take a recent Alice team so I can, you know. Um, it, not too recent. Or maybe very recent, but not like the last you know, a couple of years before that. The last champions. Yeah, that's, I mean, they've they've done pretty well. Yeah. Um, that's the thing about, about the CFL that now that Winnipeg's off the Schneid, we can all just make fun of Hamilton, um, and, and being in yes. being the 1999 team, you know, they're still only, they're the, still the only team in this, um, entire, you know, in this millennium without a great cup. Right. Right. The uh, and so, um, you know, now we can all kind of make fun of them and stop making fun of the, uh, of the poor old bombers um, who well, finally they, they need to figured do it out for the Atlantic schooners, right? That's Hamilton's best argument for the Atlantic schooners is so they can get that monkey off their back. Um, I It's wild too about Hamilton is um, they, at least for the time being in the 21st century, let's say they could go down as the hard luck team. I mean, they've gone down with a gut punch a few times just in the last few years. Right. I mean, there was the one season where they looked unbeatable and then Zach Galeris went down and then it was over. And then, you know, they're getting upset in the, you know, everybody had them beating Winnipeg last year and they didn't. (laughs) Oh, I, I, I absolutely didn't. I had Winnipeg in that game last year after seeing what they did to Calgary and Saskatchewan. I lost good money on Hamilton last year. The great. Oh yeah. I'm still, had you asked, had you asked, I would have told you. Um, there, after after watching the games and what they did to Calgary and Saskatchewan in back to back weeks, yes. I thought there was no way. Yes. There was no way that Hamilton was coming out of that with a win. Um, Winnipeg was was dominant in both of those games. One offensively, one defensively, um, and they showed that they can win both ways. And that reminded me back to the um, the uh, I believe it was the nineteen. Uh, or sorry, the, the 2018 with Henry Burris of um, of uh, the um, whatchamacallit, 
1990 or the 2018 with Henry Burris, where they won offensively the first week and defensively the second week. Yes. Um, and and to, they beat BC to go to the Grey Cup with this massive defensive stand, and they put on an offensive show the week before. And so you knew that the offense was good, you knew the defense was good, and they went into the um, they went into the Grey Cup on a wave of confidence because they knew they could win playoff games in both ways. And I really saw that uh, equated in in Winnipeg last year. Nice, Joe. You want to gloat here? No. <laughs> okay, Ryan. So it sounds like I mean, have you have you been looking at CFL history or YouTube's or anything like that? Um, I I haven't. I mean, sure. here's the thing. It's it's sad. It's sad for me to watch. So I don't I don't want to watch it because I know it's not coming. Like watching those games and watching those the the what they're doing on on TSN on Friday nights now is is maddening because I know that there's not a new game coming. I don't know when the next game is scheduled. You know, it's one thing to watch back an old game in the offseason and be like, oh, man, is it June yet? You know, but we don't have that right now. We don't have the fact that June is coming. We don't know when the next game is going to be. And that makes me sad. So I don't want to watch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Is it June yet has become a new tradition in the yeah, CFL. Exactly. And it totally feels empty on Twitter. <laughs> if yeah. I can't do, is it June yet uh, this year? Or it's June already, God damn it, and there's no football. Um, okay. So one last note. Joe has done in his boredom, in his free CFL time, has done something completely insane. Um, I'm going to let him do the rest of it. Joe, tell us your, your latest wacky project, which is awesome, by the way. I don't mean to denigrate it. It's awesome. Tell us about it, Joe. So going back to the cold snap talk for just a moment, uh, the game producer put out an, what's called an express version over the past month or so, maybe a little longer now, uh, that makes the game go a lot faster by going minute by minute rather than going play by play. So you can do a game pretty quickly once you get used to it. Uh, so it's like simming a drive in a computer game or like yeah. simming a quarter in a computer or, game. Yeah, like every minute, hey, you moved up two zones instead of, hey, 28 yards on three plays or something like that. So since I now own every single um, set from 2010 on – that gives me enough teams to, or that gives me every team of the last decade. So I went and popped them all into a spreadsheet, every single CFL team since 2010, rated them first by points, wins, losses, ties, what have you. And then to the, the first tiebreaker, which uh, did it for everything except for one, uh, was points for minus points against. So you're on the plus side of the ledger, you're higher up in the ranking, of course. I had one tie, and I tried to break that by going, okay, which team went further in the playoffs? Exact same. same. So I flipped a coin. So there's one that you could go either way on. Uh, but 86 teams in the bracket, uh, this is a stat that Brian loves. Uh, seven out of the top ten teams in the last decade, when once you consider points for, or the, the points that you earned in the standings, and then points for and against 
uh, seven of the top ten, and actually seven of the top nine are Calgary teams. Uh, you could go back 30 years, and I'm willing to bet the 22 or 23. Um, like Calgary, Calgary has, but for the box factory years, like the, the, the forgotten years, the Dunnigan, uh, Federick years around here, um, Calgary's been near the top of the table uh, for since almost 1990. Um, it is it is a yes, the very great majority of the championships. Again, yeah. this is another way where the Stampeders are like the the modern day Patriots. The great majority of the championships won by the Stamps have happened recently. Have happened within our lifetime. Yeah, within our fandom. Lifetime. Yeah, really. I mean, um, you, you look at, at it was 48 and 71 before the 90s stretch and the Stamps now is seven. Um, so they've won five great cups in the last 30 years, right? Uh, exactly. which in a nine team league, you know, now granted, you've given away 30. So the Stampeders have um, almost doubled their expected output. If you think that every team's going to win at a relatively even clip, the Stampeders have doubled that output. Um, and, uh, and really don't look to be in any bad shape going forward either. You've got a relatively young franchise quarterback in Bo Levi Mitchell. And, you know, as long as he's here, I think the Stampeders are going to have a great chance to win and we'll see what happens as, as things continue. But really there's, there's no, uh, there's no reason why not to believe that the Stampeders are going to be competitive for several years to come. Yeah. And okay. the, low, the lowest team out of all 10 in that last decade ranked 28th. The 11 win team yeah. with not a great points for points against, but at every single team in this mythical 86 team bracket is hosting a second round game or better. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's one. Well, and I think Calgary has been involved in, Something, it, it's absurd. It, it, since 1990, and I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but in the last 30 years, I believe Calgary's been in the Western final, something like 23 out of those. Yeah, it's a ridiculous number because I'm just taking a peek here. I see one of the te- that that 28th ranked team lost a semi. Every other team has been in the final, in the final. Yeah. Oh no! So sorry, twenty nineteen also lost semi. So twice, two two losses in the semis in the in the in the entire decade as the worst you've done. And that that's not so bad. I'll take it. No, um, that's that's that's, that's pretty 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 good. It it amazes me. It amazes me, especially when Ryder fans jump out and they go, "Oh man, your team choked in the Grey Cup." It's like, but we got there. Like, your team didn't make the playoffs. Yes, we might have lost in the Grey Cup game, but at least we got there. At the Riders make there. a great – I don't know how the Riders fans can talk any smack at all. The Riders make the Grey Cup about once every 12 years and then win it about once every 18 years. Well, and they've, <laughs> they've, they've, lost, they've lost the Grey Cup 23 times. Yes. They've been in 26 yes. Grey Cup games, and they've lost 20, 23 of them. Like – it's it's or twenty two of them. It's it's remarkable how bad their record is, and yet away they go. Um, <laughs> and they talk they talk like they've they've been the top of the mountain forever, and that's again, because they've seen two Grey Cup champions. Half their championships have happened in the last fifteen years. Again, I guess we're kind of uh, bringing it full circle because basically they're just picking their history. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and, and Stampeders fans, like, I feel like if I'm picking three straight decades, like three consecutive decades, I feel like that's a valid history to choose. You know, I'm not I'm not saying, hey, we were really good for five years and I'm I'm riding on that. Like I'm picking I'm picking three decades as the history and it's the last three decades. I'm not riding the successes of the 70s and 80s like Eskimo fans are, um, you know, like that's that's not how this works. <laughs> Amazing trash talking going on here, <laughs> considering we have nobody that's backing the Eskimos among us. Right. Okay. Well, I think that's enough uh, awesomeness for this podcast. <laughs> so let's log out. Um, Ryan Ballantine of the CFL Horseman podcast. Thanks for joining us. You got any last words of wisdom taking us out? Uh, just that, I mean, bomber fans, I know you've suffered for a long, <laughs> long time about not having a great cup. Just, you know, like I know that more than anything, you're desperately waiting for this season to be canceled so that you can hold on to the great cup just a little longer. Um, you know, that's, that's about, that's all I can, I can say out there for bomber fans, uh, hold on to it, cling to it as long as you can, because you know, it's coming back to Calgary soon. And also, uh, feel free. If you're listening to this podcast to go on over to manscaped.com and earn a 20% discount by using the code HORSEMAN20 to get free shipping and, uh, and a 20% off the Lawnmower 3.0, a proud sponsor of the Horseman Radio podcast. Man, <laughs> gorilla advertising. High-packing hey, of the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL <laughs> podcast, which can't even get the manscaping ad. Oh, my God. All right. Joe, there's about 20 different levels of trash talking to respond to there. Don't let us down here on the Rouge, White, and Blue. There's one team that holds the Grey Cup right now, and I'll just leave it at that. Word up, man. Brevity is the soul of wit on the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL podcast, which is what you've been listening to. I'm Oz Davis signing off for my co-host Joe Pritchard and our special guest, Ryan Ballantine. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. <laughs>